Hello, friends, and welcome to Stories from the Tool Shed. My name's Stephen. And my name's Tim. And we're excited to journey with you through the Spiritual Authority Cohort. Let's get it! Man, I am so pumped. That music gets me every time. It is so good to be back with you guys. Uh, Just excited for today's episode. I hope that our first episode um, for this Spiritual Authority cohort was awesome for you guys. It was fun for us to make, and uh, we've enjoyed seeing some of the responses that you guys have had to it. So, stories from the tool shed. We're excited for our second episode, uh, tracking hearing from God and the content that we learned from last session at the cohort. You know, Stephen and I are going to be kind of divvying this up into two different parts where we can go a little bit deeper dive into the content and as well as just hearing stories from other people that have kind of been there and done that. So that's what we have for you guys today. And so we're going to hear from some just other people from around the country that are using these tools to engage people in their context. So Stephen, why don't you tell them a little bit about what we've got in store for everybody today? Yeah, this was such an awesome interview. Uh, So we did it kind of from different regions around the U.S. So uh, today we're going to be with Ryan uh, Rasmussen coming from Orange County, and he's going to be sharing his story. I won't give you too much, but it's a hunting story. It's pretty amazing. Um, Judy Parkins from the Seattle region um, sharing about her life coaching and God inviting her into that to hear God's voice. Um, Dan Yoder. Uh, from the Silicon Valley, talking a little about his story of hearing God and where he started, and then now where he is uh, today in his hearing God journey. And then lastly, finishing off, moving from West Coast to the central part of America um, in Dallas, Texas with Kelsey Phillips, um, one of our cohort presenters, same with Dan Yoder. And we are just going to open it up where Kelsey's going to tell us a little about her story of hearing God, um, how God led her through her her journey of hearing God to where she actually started listening for others. And uh, super excited to tell you and to share some of these stories with you um, and our cohort attendees really around the, the country and um, excited for what this has turned into. So, hey, listen up. Sit back and enjoy this next episode of Stories from the Tool Shed. Yeah, well, this is going to be a ton of fun. We're super excited to have guests on the call today. First, kicking us off is Ryan from SoCal. He's going to share with us what hearing from God looked like or looks like for him and how the journey started. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate you uh, giving me the opportunity to share this story. Really excited. I think it's a it's a good one that uh, a lot of people could could uh, get some encouragement from. So, for me, it started three years ago. Did my first cohort with my wife, and basically the the cohort was hearing God's voice. And in that, um, the leader basically sat us down and said, "Hey, just envision a place where God can meet you." And for me, I instantly closed my eyes, and within. I don't know, seconds, I just saw myself laying in a specific place on the mountain, uh, actually in Arizona. It's a place that I hunt in every year. And um, I just knew what was really exciting about it was not only did I see it, but a week from that date, I was going to be able to actually be there on my annual hunt. So anyways, uh, 
flash forward. So I get to Arizona um, and my wife's really encouraging me. She's like, hey, make sure you really spend time just because during the hunt, you have a lot of time uh, during the day, just quiet, just laying there. And I probably had it. I actually found the place that I saw because it was that specific. So anyways, getting into the hunt, I'm there and I'm laying there and but I'm super tired because we get up really early in the morning. And so as I'm laying there, I'm, I'm like, all right, God, what do you have to, to say to me? And I didn't hear anything. And within seconds, I, I swear I fell asleep. And so I'd wake up kind of frustrated, like, OK, I really want to really want to hear something, you know. So day two goes by. Same thing. I lay down and all of a sudden I hear just a name, uh, Jim Smith. And I'm thinking, Jim Smith. I, I was kind of thinking I'm going to hear like a sentence or a paragraph just communicating something about me, something that God wants me to do. But all I hear is a name kind of frustrated, but I'm thinking, OK, maybe I didn't hear that. So anyways, next day goes by. I'm laying down, taking my nap. And sure enough, I hear Jim Smith and I'm like, OK, you know, this is brand new for me thinking. I don't know if this is real, but anyways, I'm going to take it home. And sure enough. I get home and my wife's like, not asking me about the hunt. You know, she's asking me, did you hear God's voice? And I said, yeah, I think I did, but I don't think so. Um, I just heard, I heard on two separate days, I heard Jim Smith. And she's like, well, you need to go talk to Jim. And Jim is a, uh, a man that I work with. He's a business owner, very esteemed in what he does. Um, super successful, very intimidating for a guy like myself. Um, you know, it's 30 years, his younger to go and actually just go up to him and say, Hey, God just spoke your voice to me. And so she looked at me in the eye and said, well, you need to talk to him. And I said, I am absolutely not going to talk to him. There is no way. I don't think it's, I don't think I heard anything. And if I did, what am I going to tell him? He's going to think I'm crazy. So anyways, I went on the week and I know my wife was probably praying each and every day going, give Ryan an opportunity to speak to, to Jim. But, uh, I essentially uh, went through my week and it's Friday and my son was doing a had a flag football tournament right down the street from his um, business location. And I needed to actually see him for some reason. So not thinking about not even really thinking about my trip and hearing his name. I, uh, I stopped at his his office and my wife and kids went to the, the football game. And I'm sitting there and we're talking and having and I'm honestly not even thinking about hearing God, you know, give me his name. And so, you know, not really doing what I was supposed to do. And all of a sudden, uh, Jim gets a phone call. And in that phone call, he's dead silent. Uh, he doesn't say a word. Uh, it's getting pretty dark outside. And he gets off the phone and he looks at me and I could just see this like weird defeat in his eyes. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, okay. And then he actually starts speaking to me about being a failure. Um, he started talking about God. And in that moment, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm supposed to talk to him. And so not knowing what we're going to do and how to do this, I'm nervous. I'm thinking to myself, how am I going to broach the situation? I looked at him and I could just see, and he's actually kind of, he's kind of breaking down in front of me. I look at him and I said, Jim, can I tell you a really crazy story? And I told him about this cohort and how I spent some time to, to hear, you know, to listen, to see if he had anything to say to me. And I just said, hey, I, I did hear something. Um, he spoke your name. And I said, I know you're sitting here talking about how um, 
you feel worthless, you've wasted a lot of your life, and you've made some bad decisions. But I think God in that moment wanted me, he knew I was going to be talking to you tonight, and he basically looked at me in the eye and or uh, spoke to me and said, I want you to tell that guy I love him, and there's nothing he can do that's going to change that. And in that moment, he just broke. He leaned over, gave me a hug, and just wept. And uh, it was absolutely insane. And I left that. I left that. Um, I left that trip. Went went over to the the football game and told my wife this the story. And the most beautiful part about that is his life is completely transformed. Um, Jim now attends church with us. He comes by himself um, almost every time we we reach out to him. Sometimes he goes without me now, but he sits he sits right next to me in church. And even this past Sunday, he was sitting there. So taking this cohort, um, really taking it serious that God wants to speak to us. It's pretty, pretty incredible. And, you know, he doesn't have to speak in paragraphs or sentences. Uh, he can speak just a name. And it's, um, you could take a guy like me who actually refused to actually uh, say anything and actually transform a, a person's life. So that's my story. I hope that's encouraging for, for our audience. Ryan, so amazed, man. Oh my goodness. I wish you guys could see this. We are, uh, we're all just looking at each other amazed at what God's done in this story. And, um, yeah, it's incredible. Hey, question for you, Ryan, and maybe you've already said this, but what do you feel like has been the biggest thing, um, you've learned from that one moment? I think, you know, for me, you know, it, it really simplifies my relationship with the Lord. You know, it's not, there's no special formula, you know, it's just, be, it's just being willing, waking up and, and really, you know, we're, we, we live busy lives. And if we're willing to just stop what we're doing, I'm sure we're missing opportunity each and every moment. Um, there's people that we pass by and, you know, you don't know anybody's story. You don't know really what's going on, but, uh, you know, God wants to really speak to us and he's willing to direct if we're willing to listen. So I think that's the biggest thing for me. I love it. Ryan, thanks, man. So, hey, we want to uh, we want to flip the switch. We're going to go from region to region now. So we got Ryan from Orange County, and we want to move over to an amazing woman um, named Judy Parkins from the Seattle region. And uh, Judy, just can't wait to hear your story of uh, hearing God. Would you would you share with us? We're all ears. <laughs> Thank you, Stephen. Um, well, my fun story from just a couple days ago, actually, I'm a life coach by training and profession. And so, of course, I pray before I coach. I pray for my clients. Um, and one client had sent an email saying, I want to work on having a positive attitude. Coaching 101, change your thinking, change your emotions, done and done. But I thought, hmm. So I just decided to listen on her behalf. And I said, God, is there something you know about this attitude she has? Is there something you would say to Kathy? We'll call her Kathy. And I just listened. And I just, I don't know how to explain it. I just heard clearly name the stronghold. That is not coaching 101. That's a whole different ball game. I don't know where she comes from. I don't know if she knows that word. We're not going to go there. 
I'm like, okay. She calls, we're coaching, yada, yada. <sighs> and I just went for it. And I said, Kathy, if I said to you <clears throat> that this might be a stronghold, does that mean anything to you? And she said, oh my gosh. She goes, this morning, my devotion app on my phone would not work. So I grabbed a CD that I had gotten at a conference and I put it in and the guy started talking about getting rid of, getting rid of entities and that they're spiritual entities. And she goes, I don't even know what that is. She goes, do you know what that is? Do you call that a stronghold? I, I, I can't even. So I said, yeah, yes, um, okay. So I just kind of taught her, we talked about strongholds, how we get them, they take up real estate. Yes, it's an entity, I, we can get rid of that. And then I said, Kathy, if you had to put a name to that stronghold, what would you call it? And she just paused for a second and said, I am worthless. Well, that's Charles Craft, chapter one, page one, practically. If you have that um, belief and stronghold, you know, you're benched, you're on the sidelines, you're off the field, you're out of the game, you're just done, right? Because you have nothing. So we just identified that and we took authority over that. <laughs> we bound that and then we prayed the Holy Spirit in and mm. man, it was not coaching. I wish I could get paid for doing spiritual warfare because that was <laughs> the best hour that I've had with a client in forever. So, um, so yeah, that was just my listening story from a couple I days ago. It. Thank you so much, Judy, for sharing that. Yeah, um, I mean, strongholds, I mean, it's, that's inner healing, right? Which is a lot of what was. coaching actually is. Um, yeah. So look forward to, you know, this next month. That's what, kind of the what we're going to be getting into. Judy, maybe help help uh, help the listeners understand a little bit. So, like, when did you first hear from God? Or would you say, like, this concept of hearing from a God who speaks? Like, when did that kind of start for you? Well, you know, as a coach, I have a strong intuition. I have good listening skills that I've just credited with how I'm wired, how God made me. Um, it works in my career. But one of the teachers in this session uh, said, did you ever think that your intuition and your imagination was redeemed? Mm. That maybe just these thoughts, um, th that that is God wanting and trying. And I don't want to say I was taking credit for it all, but I just kind of thought maybe there's more like instead of just a nudge maybe it could be a whole sentence maybe mm. it could be bigger mm. um so yeah yeah i think one of the hindrances to to my accepting that it's real and living in a flowing conversation was um, the ability to sort out mm. how i could distinguish from the voices in my head <laughs> and I have a lot of them. My mother is always in there. A little nine-year-old girl is in there. Um, and yet, 
it's clear. Mm. It's just clear that it's not a thought that I would have. It's not something my mom would say, for sure. So there's just a calm knowing and I can tell the difference. Like that example I just gave. Yeah. That would never have been my thought with a client to go there. So That's awesome. Thank you, Judy. Um, One other question, just what would be a tip and trick? Like what, what allows you to hear from God maybe easier or maybe more straightforward? Yes. Um, For me, I do need to be intentional to quiet the chatter in my head. Mm. Um, And for me, it's worship music. I even have like two or three go-tos, Tasha Cobb, um, some Matt Redman, just focusing on the fact that he knows my name, he knows me, Mm. he wants me, he wants to talk with me. And I just have to get all that chatter out and calm and focused and centered. Mm. Um, just like it just clears out all the static. Yeah. So yeah. that's what I, I need to do that. I love frankly. it. Frankly. Well, thank you so much, Judy. We're going to, we're going to move on. We're going to go, we're just going up and down, uh, the West coast down to the Bay area. We've got Dan Yoder, uh, on the call as well. Dan, Fill us in. What has this journey been like for you? It's been fantastic. I, I think like everybody that you're hearing today, it's been life-changing. And certainly my relationship with God is dramatically different than it ever was. Uh, so much more intimate. I had no idea you could have a relationship that close with God. And But it started... Um, I think like seven years ago, I was at a, a Novo event, and um, it was one of those smoke tree events, I think some of you have been to, which is a fundraiser type thing, but there's a big prayer time. And I, I remember telling my wife, I, I said, apparently, I don't know how to pray. I thought I knew how to pray, but based on listening to these people pray and the fact that they could listen, apparently, I don't know how to pray. And so that that evening, I, I prayed to God. I said, God, teach me to pray. Be careful what you ask for, right? <laughs> and so that began a, a journey, you know, of, of learning about listening prayer. And it started, um, you know, I had developed friendships with people that were like Keith Ebley, who, you know, hear paragraphs and pages and visions and all this amazing stuff. And... But I, w- I was struggling to get even a word, you know, and uh, quieting my, my mind and trying to, you know, identify God's voice versus, you know, my own analysis of where that possibly could have come from. So I started with one of those identity questions that uh, is in the, some of the books that we read in the, in the cohort. And it was, so God, how do you see me? And the answer was not something I expected. In fact, I was, it was said in such a gentle, wonderful way, but I was deeply insulted. It was, you are a scared rabbit. That's how I see you. And I was, wait, no, that can't be, you know, so I said, ah, this stuff doesn't work for me. You know, that's only for people that, you know, have certain gifting, 
So it wasn't until the next day during my devotion time that I came back to that and said, so, so what did you mean by that? What is, you know, I just got this image of, I was always afraid I was going to fail when I served God, you know, and I could give you a long list of all the things I tried to do that didn't necessarily work as well as I would want them to work, you know, and, and so I started saying, God, see, you don't understand. I, all these things I've done for you, I, you know, I've done this, I've done this, I've done that, you know, and, and, um, and then he didn't say a whole lot at that point. It was more me realizing, wait a minute, I'm telling God what I've done for him as opposed to what he's doing through me. And that took me another day to kind of, with him really not saying much, me more, you know, um, working that out in my own mind. So the next day I came back and I said, okay, well, I'm sorry. Forgive me for, you know, trying to do this myself as opposed to being obedient to you. So what, how do you want me, how do you want to see me? And he said, I want to, I want you to think of yourself as a soldier. I think I want you to think of yourself as a tank driver. And I got this, again, an, an, another curveball, which was, so I had this, you know, this picture of a Rambo-ish, you know, soldier. And what I saw was this nerdy, you know, soldier guy with glasses and tape. You know, it was just, it was just comical, you know, and, and I'm, I'm like, oh gosh. And, and then all of a sudden, I, over the next couple of days, I realized what was going on. He was saying, look, what, you're, you're in a battle. What's the safest place in the battlefield? It's inside of a tank. So you're well protected, but there's a lot of limitations in a tank. You can't see the whole battlefield. You need that God's eye view, and you've got to be obedient to me as God to position your tank where you need you need to be. You're a prayer warrior, and that big gun, that's the only thing you have to learn, is how do you aim that prayer gun? That's what you got to focus on. That's what you got to learn. Um, and so for me, that was, it was, I never thought of myself as a, um, as a prayer warrior, really. And so then that became over a few years, a, what, what I did is I focused on how do I pray with power? And, and that really taught me how to be a prayer warrior. And then last year I was, I was sharing this story with our uh, cohort and somebody asked the question, so what are you now? You know, you're clearly a prayer warrior and, you know, now you're the one that hears paragraphs and we're the ones struggling to hear words. And, and I, I realized I never went back and asked God, so how do you see me now? And what is my assignment? And so, so of course, the, the next morning in my devotion time, I, um, I asked him that. And he said, you're now a tank commander. Your job is to build an army of tanks. Anyway, so it... My point in all that was to say, I started out struggling to hear a word, and it was a little bit of a surprise, but 
he's he was already discipling me from that first word and so it's a great journey um i would just encourage you to not be discouraged if all you hear is a word it can lead to a lot of learnings and you may be another one of these prayer warriors man dan i'm so encouraged by that i mean even just you know, it's one word, but it's also, you know, I think I this is similar to Ryan's. It's a word that you're not expecting. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. a word that he knows, and he knows what he's doing, and he's leading us so uniquely. And so I'm, yeah, and I, maybe a question for you, Dan, I'm just thinking as we're hearing this. Why do you think God asks us questions, or he says to us things about our identity? What do you think his his reasoning is behind that? Well, when you go back to the Gospels and you see how he discipled the disciples and all, all those other followers, it was very much that way, right? It wasn't, he didn't tell them everything. He he gave them stuff that, stories and and things that were a little confusing that forced them to think through it. And, and, and that's hard for us Westerners, right, is we're... We want knowledge prepackaged as opposed to something that's internalized. But it's it's those surprising things, those things that require obedience or require deeper digging that really build those things into our lives in a way that lasts for, well, into eternity. Because that's what we're doing, right, is we're getting discipled towards eternity. I love it, man. I think you've even given us some tips and tricks too of just trust what you hear. Um, Come expectant and come ready that he will speak and just be uh, willing to obey. And if it takes you a while, you know, and you go away for a day and say, I don't want to, you know, and then keep coming back. You know, he's so loving and so patient. Man, I wish you could hear so many other stories of all of these uh, speakers. Dan, you know, even I know some of his story of them prayer walking their region. Maybe we could do that on a, a different episode. But I, so hey, we want to fly over to the uh, to Central Time Zone right now. Go to the the center of our country to Dallas, Texas. You know, Texas, I think, is a country within itself, right? Um, yeah. But hey, I want to introduce you to Kelsey Phillips um, calling in from Dallas, Texas, and uh, just one of our cohort speakers, too. But I want to give you uh, some space, Kelsey. Tell us a little about your story of hearing God. Well, my story of learning to hear from God came out of pure desperation. Uh, this 30 something mom had hit a wall. And had visited lots of doctors trying to figure out what in the world was wrong with me. All of them said, you're fine. And I said, I'm not fine. And uh, that sent me to inner healing, which is technically, I think, our our upcoming topic for next month. But it was in that inner healing session with Keith and Megan Peeler, this two-hour amazing transformational prayer time, that I heard God for the first time that way. This Baptist raised Presbyterian had never really explored hearing God like that. And he met me where I was in my desperate, hopeless place. He freed me from my enemies. He gave me hope. And I heard his voice for the first time. Um, But then when I recognized the voice, I actually remember, oh, I think that that voice is a voice I've heard before. I was making connections that 
it wasn't really the first time I had heard that voice. It was just the first time I knew that was him. But then also he um, ignited this ability to, to have these pictures and visions that were unbelievable. And so it was technically inner healing that catapulted this journey for me that then sent me to uh, my first cohort, which was four years ago. And it has just been a discovery process ever since. Um, and I think what it what the cohort did for me was that 15 minutes where you kind of work through those friendship questions, were, that was so impactful for me. I have started putting 15 minutes at the end of every quiet time just for listening prayer. And that helps me. I need that solitude. I need that consistency. And I will tell you that 15 minutes is my favorite part of my day because it's in those 15 minutes that that's where I learn to operate from a place of approval of God rather than for the approval of man. That is where he comes and heals where I have issues. That's where I get to operate and learn to operate from a place of wholeness rather than a place of brokenness. Um, that is the place where he gives me these kingdom eyes to see people through his lens rather than my own worldly lens. Um, that's where I hear assignments, and that's where this discernment gets so much more fun and not fearful um, in my journey with Jesus. So a combination of the inner healing and the cohort really just have changed and transformed my relationship from being more about moral religion to a two-way relationship with Jesus. When you can hear his voice and he's speaking to you, um, it changes everything. And the story that I wanted to share was a little bit of a story about hearing for other people, much like Judy was sharing. Um, over COVID, I recognized I didn't have a lot of, to offer. My church was doing all these wonderful things. Uh, ministries around me were, were fully engaged. And with just some family decisions we'd made, uh, I did not have the freedom to participate in any of that. And I thought, Lord, what can I do? I just... I don't, I don't have anything to offer. And so the Lord said, well, what is your favorite thing in the world to do? And I'm like, well, listening to you. And he said, well, why don't you listen for other people and encourage them? There's a lot of people in a lot of dark places right now that need some serious encouragement. And so because I have three kids that are eight, nine, and 10, the school systems were all at home now. We're all virtual. So I had a little more space in my morning. And I, I, let, I lent a little time to this every week. And so about three times a week, I would say, okay, Lord, who's today? And he would put somebody on, on my mind. It would be either their face or their name. And I just kind of went through my list and I'd say, okay, Lord, do you have a scripture for them today? And my husband gets like an address. I just get a phrase that I usually don't recognize. And me and Siri have to figure out where that address is. Um, so I get a, a, a verse and then I'm like, okay, Lord, do you have a word for this person? And then in block letters in my mind will be this word. Sometimes it's a word I don't like. Sometimes it's a word I don't understand. Sometimes it's a word that's uncomfortable. But I'm like, all right, I'll go with that. So I'll write it down. And then I'm like, all right, Lord, do you have a picture for this person? And for me, it can either be one of two things. It can be like a still shot or it can be like a mini video, like a little movie. And either way, I write down what I see. And most of the time, I don't understand what's going on. Um, I, it's so unique and interesting, and I don't want to say bizarre, but so different that it can't be for me because I wouldn't come up with these thoughts in my head. Um, and then finally, I'm like, Lord, do you have any words from the Father, from you, for this person? And um, that I've grown in all these things, of course, over the last four and five years, but um, he will give me a little paragraph for this person. So uh, one particular day, um, he gave me the picture of a friend, and this friend had just lost somebody dear to them. And so I knew that this was a super sensitive one and I wanted to be extra measured and careful and thoughtful in the way I formulated things. And 
Um, so I did the four things and I, I got some really good stuff. But while I was listening, I had this picture of these marshmallows bouncing around. And I'm like, in the name of Jesus, distractions go away. I don't have time for that. This is serious business. And so I'm wiping all the distractions, you know, my own thoughts. And so I keep going. And the marshmallows are bouncing around. I haven't had a marsh- jumbo marshmallow since I was 10. Finally, I'm like, Lord, what, what is going on with the marshmallows? Is this from you? And he said, tell her it's okay to eat marshmallows in your grief. And I was like, oh, now that may have gone weird. I don't know, Lord, that's a lot. And so I write down all this beautiful stuff. And at the end, I'm putting this in a text. And I'm like, and by the way, I don't know if this means anything to you, but I think the Lord is telling me something about to tell you that it's okay to eat marshmallows in your grief. You know, and of course, I hesitantly sin. And every time I sin one of these, I'm always insecure. I'm always hesitant, but I'm always, "Mm." would you believe, would you believe that the response I get back has nothing to do with this beautiful paragraph, has nothing to do with the scripture, has nothing to do with anything. How in the world did you know I've been eating marshmallows secretly in my grief? And I was like, oh, but that's just the Lord. He wants you to know that he sees you and he's for you. And that has been the greatest, one of the greatest gifts for me in listening prayer is encouraging other people in their faith walk and letting them know that God sees them too, just like John Smith. (laughs) Wow, that is amazing. And I love that. I love that. I've, I've kind of felt the same thing. It's like God loves to just let people know that he knows their name. Hmm. where they're at, what they're doing. That is so cool. Well, Kelsey, I mean, bring in the fire. I love the enthusiasm. That is so good. Um, question for you. What is like, so how did you get to the spot where you're like, I'm going to spend 15 minutes at the end of every quiet time. What do you think, what brought that up for you? Like that whole idea to make that commitment? Well, it started in the cohort during the Hearing God session when they gave us that that 13 to 15 minute space to work through their friendship questions. And I was working through them and, and the Lord was speaking to me about my identity. He was speaking to me about what He wanted for me and lavishing His love over me. Who doesn't love that? <laughs> Who doesn't want to start their day off with a dose of Jesus just, you know, lavishing you with His love and His grace and His affection? Because previous to that, I was craving it from people. And that disappoints every time. But when you get it from your father, it changes things. And so that became addicting. And so that's how that became 15 minutes of my quiet time every morning. I love it. Well, okay. So in this COVID time, when you're like, have time to focus on listening for others. So how, well, not how, who's made up of the people that get brought to your mind? Is it all believers? Honestly, the people that were brought to my mind the most were leaders in the church this particular time Um, Mm. and friends um, and some non-believers. But I think that the church leaders around me were getting hit really hard. Um, And so I just I just went with whatever the spirit led me to do. But the majority of them were believers in the church. Yes, that's awesome. Cool. And the overall reception from others has been Every single time, every time I push send, I'm like, oh, I may have just lost a friend. Um, and every single time, it was like 12 pouring eye emojis. However in the world did you know I needed that today? 
How could you have ever known? This is amazing. Can you tell me more about what you're doing? Where did you learn this? What is this? So it was very well received every time. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you so much, Kelsey, uh, for your story. Thank you, Dan and Ryan and Judy as well. This is so, so encouraging. I mean, the list is so long, and I think that if to interweave a web into what everyone said is that God desires to speak to us, and He really desires for other people to know His love for them too. Um, and so thank you guys for your faithfulness in this journey. I love in Dan's talk how he asked God to teach him how to pray, and then you saw how day after day after day he continued to get instruction to the point where he's now, what are you, t- captain of the tanks. Um, such a cool, cool story um, and one that we can all be inspired by. So thank you all for joining us. And we're going to just wrap up now with a few other tips and tricks. So Stephen. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm just amazed. I, I'm thinking of who's on this call. You know, you got someone from a hunting story to a life coach to an intelligent military tank officer to teacher slash mom slash all the roles that Kelsey has. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Wait, this is in America. This is in our country. This isn't an overseas thing, right? And I think a lot of the times people pigeonhole their faith into, well, that happens. I, I forgot who mentioned it, but you know that happens to those individuals in that place um, because of this thing. And I mean, you are hearing the stories of two men and two women that have their day-to-day life, the places God's called them to, and God says, hey, I want to speak. I want to speak to you personally. I want to speak to you on behalf of others that are in my heart. And uh, I think it's the goodness of God to speak to us, um, to just bless us with his voice, um, to invite us into deeper intimacy. And, And as you guys have heard, I mean, you've heard the stories of the simplicity of it. You've heard the tools. Um, you've heard the the normal day experiences where it's so easy to go about our day to not quiet our soul before the Lord and ask Him, Lord, your servant is listening. Would you speak? And uh, and so we want to encourage you, listeners, with making space. If it's a daily devotional, if it's you know you're going about your day to go on a hunting trip, if it's you're you're at work or you meet a neighbor. Take time to ask the Lord an important question. Lord, your servant is listening. Would you speak? And so we want to encourage you uh, today with these stories, um, not as all of us, no one on this call is an expert. We're all just daily walking with the Lord, asking Him to lead us. And uh, and so I hope this has been an encouragement. As we lean into next month, you've heard some of the stories about inner healing. And really, these concepts are going to build on one another. And uh, so we want to encourage you, lean into the experiments, lean into uh, listening to the Lord, making space to hear His voice. And uh, we want to end this call with a blessing. But Tim, any last thoughts as we kind of wrap up our time? I, I love the idea, too, that God has been speaking the whole time, right? And I think you've heard that in these stories as well, where it's just like, oh, well, now that I can hear the texture of His voice now, I can go back and think of, Oh, that was you, and that was you, and that was you. And that's the point where it becomes really exciting because then once you realize what he's that he's been speaking and that he is speaking, then you can start to look forward and expect 
what's he going to do next and how can I not miss it so that I get to see this feeling that I have right now and knowing that God's speaking to me happen for me with someone else and for some other reason for some greater purpose. So that I just love. Um, so yeah, do you want to lead us in a blessing or bless us out? Yeah, I would love to. Lord, thank you um, for the cohorts. Thank you for the stories literally across uh, our nation of you speaking, of you breaking in and saying, I care for little daily things. I care for uh, my children. I care for my sheep. And so I, cohort listeners, we bless you as we're all praying right now in Jesus name to be the sheep that hear the good shepherd's voice. We bless you to trust the leanings of the Holy Spirit and how He speaks to you uniquely. We bless you to see every small moment as major places for the voice of God to speak to you. And we bless you in mundane moments that they would be places of supernatural grace and of expectation from this day forward. I pray that these stories would be an encouragement to you, to your families and your neighbors. And we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you guys for being on. We look forward to being on the next episode with you from Stories from the Tool Shed. Bless you guys. We'll talk to you next month. If you have an encouraging story, we would love to hear it. Email us at cohort.stories at novo.org.